Yasin Pledge. Thank you. Roll call, please. Board Member Cisneros? Here. Board Member Curtis? Here. Board Member Ariza? Present. Board Member Teague? Here. Board Member Saheba? Present. Vice President Hom? Here. And President Ruiz? Here. We are all here and we have a quorum. Thank you. Do we have any agenda changes? Board Member Teague? Yeah, I would like to split 5A into two, one covering first the master plan amendment and then the second covering the design review. Okay. Do we have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, the motion passes. Um, Mr. Tai, would you mind noting that change? Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, and a question for, um, Board Member T, do you have a preference? Which one goes first? Uh, the master plan amendment. Thank you. Uh, moving on to agenda item number three, non-agenda public comments. Do we have any speaker slip? I do not have any speaker slips here and give folks a chance to raise their hand on the Zoom if they want. Currently, no hands raised. Okay, thank you. And now let's move on to number four. We currently don't have any items on the consent calendar. Moving forward to regular agenda items. Agenda number 5A now has been split into two items, but we'll still have one presentation from the staff. Okay, go ahead. please proceed. Uh, I'll just go to the podium, the presentative board. Thank you. Great. And I do ask um, everyone, please speak to the microphone, because um, during last meeting, we had a community members commented that they couldn't hear us. Thank you. Uh, good evening, President Ruiz, uh, members of the planning board. My name is Alan Tai, Acting Planning Building Transportation Director. So um, tonight, very pleased to uh, present to you phase three of the Alameda Marina Master Plan Project. Um, just a little bit of background. Um, in July of 2018, the City Council adopted uh, a master plan and certified EIR for the Alameda Marina um, master plan project. Uh, the significance of that project um, had uh, is uh, several fold. Um, number one, um, it would bring investment to um, improve the shoreline of the northern waterfront, um, and it was also going to be uh, providing up to 760 residential units, along with a maritime core, as well as um, improvements for, allow, for allowing use of the waterfront and Bay Trail. Um, since 2018, um, the planning board has approved phase one, and that building is called Launch. Uh, that building, consisting of 360 units and eight work-live units, um, is near completion. We're anticipating a final certificate of occupancy in um, August. 
at the same time, um, phase two was also approved by the planning board. That consists of 182 townhomes um, on the eastern end of the site, and that's being developed by uh, Lancy Homes, and that currently is under construction as well. Um, but before all of the housing um, construction began, Alameda Marina also invested a lot of dollars in um, shoring up the shoreline, rebuilding the seawall, as well as um, improving the Clement Avenue frontage. And um, Sean Murphy of Alameda Marina, as well as his team, are here tonight, um, and they will uh, dive into a little bit more deeply of uh, the work they've done so far on this project. But what I will do tonight is just really to summarize the um, entitlements being presented to the planning board, as well as um, talk about some of the housing counts that are being requested um, for amendment. So tonight, um, you are being asked to uh, recommend to the city council approval of a master plan amendment. The master plan amendment is specifically to increase the total housing count for the Alameda Marina master plan. Um, and along with it is a density bonus application. The density bonus is what allows uh, the project to build up to the number of housing units that it's proposing. Um, and for phase three specifically, um, uh, we need a development plan approval and design review for the building. And just a quick note, uh, the building that is being proposed is the exact same footprint as what was already approved in the master plan. Uh, what the developer is able to do is um, basically get more units within the same building envelope. Uh, next slide, please. So uh, when we talk about housing, we have to make a pitch about the housing element. Um, just a reminder to the planning board, our uh, house, re regional housing needs allocation in Alameda over the next eight years is 5,353 units. Um, that equates to about 670 units per year that Alameda needs to uh, facilitate in order to meet that goal. Uh, and just a quick update, uh, six months into our eight-year period, um, we have only approved 45 units. Um, and it's just a reflection of the current market and um, sort of the lack of housing starts. So to have this project come before us tonight is um, really important in terms of meeting the uh, overall housing element goal. Next slide, Brian. Thank you. I'm sorry for the fine print. Um, this uh, is actually an excerpt from page 43 of the master plan and is really the, uh, what I'm showing you is really the previous housing count that is approved under the master plan in 2018. So uh, just to kind of walk you through the math, the site is roughly 44 acres uh, under the zoning. It would yield a base unit count of 649 units. Um, at the time of the proposal in 2018, the master plan uh, would, uh, was requesting a 20% density bonus that would have uh, yielded up to 779 units. Um, but as part of fitting all the units on the master plan in 2018, the city council had approved 760 units. Um, the, the base uh, or the math to, for the 20% density bonus was based on um, density bonus law and the, uh, and the proposal to, to provide uh, 33 units of very low income housing, 26 units of low income housing, as well as 45 units of moderate income housing. And that was the math to achieve uh, 760 units, 104 affordable under the 20% density bonus. Next slide, Brian. 
currently what the applicant's proposing is an increase to the uh, number of very low income units up from 5% to 7%. And under California density bonus law, that would give it a 25% uh, density bonus. And um, the table at the top shows the uh, revised total unit count. And so basically the entire master plant housing count would increase from 760 units up to 801 units, an increase of 41 units. And accordingly, the affordable housing unit count would also increase uh, by 13 very low income units from 104 total affordable units to 117. So that's sort of how the math works out. And then the t table down at the bottom uh, illustrates the uh, unit count breakdown across the three phases. So phase three, the RAP B building that was always on in the master plan as a phase three in a single building had 218 units previously. Uh, they're now being able to fit 259 units in that same building envelope. Same height, same footprint, same building size. Okay, uh, next slide, Brian. So with that, um, just kind of a summary of the staff recommendation to the planning board before I turn this over to the uh, um, applicant. Um, staff is recommending that you hold a public hearing and approve the draft resolution to number one, recommend the council approve the master plan amendment and density bonus application, and then also review the uh, development plan and design review for the RAP B building. Um, and just kind of a reminder for the uh, for President Ruiz and the board, um, since you've decided to break this item into two separate items, you would do two rounds of public comment. Okay. Okay. Um, so with that, unless there are questions for me, I could hand it over to uh, um, Sean. That's a do a question for staff first, okay. and then we'll do, um, is it the applicant's um, presentation specific to design review or to the? They will give an overview and talk about what's happened more specifically with the project so far, and then dive into the details of the design and architecture. Okay, then maybe the best is to table the design portion for the second part after we conclude this discussion okay. about master plan amendment. Okay, thank you. Um, then um, board questions for staff. Do, do we have any board questions? Okay, I thought you had a question. I, President Reyes, you asked exactly what I was going to do, which was, is it mostly related to the design and development plan? We should wait until after we've done this item and then do that. So it's all fresh and we're not mixing the two. So with that said, um, why don't the applicant proceed with the present presentations um, as it relates to the master plan? And then we'll open up for discussion. Great, thank you. So uh, with that, I'll have uh, Sean Murphy come up. Um, actually, just before that, I, I want to just quickly explain why staff had put it all in one agenda item. It, the, the proposal is one application with all these components, so we, we just schedule it based on the application itself. Understood, thank you. Thank you. Good evening, planning board members, uh, President Ruiz, Sean Murphy, Alameda Marina. So I'll be speaking about item 5A today, which is the master plan amendment. You know, we're, we're thrilled to be talking about building more housing in Alameda. This project started, as Alan said, 
in 2018. Uh, there was a master plan amendment in, in 2019. We really started construction on this project in 2020. And that, when I say the project, that's the entirety of the master plan. And so the, the graphic in front of you, which was in the packet, uh, represents all of the different phasing that has taken place. And what we're gonna be talking about in, the, in 5B, the design review will be that, that center portion, uh, which is wrap B, the, the, the foundry project. But what really has taken place already since the start of 2020 is that while the master plan said the 44 acre site should really be phased over roughly a dozen year period, here we are presenting a project which is the final third phase of, of residential housing, and yet phase one is darn near complete in August with 368 units. Uh, phase two, Lancy homes, 182 townhomes, the commercial and maritime core, but all that critical infrastructure which really has already been completed. While the master plan said that each phase of Clement Avenue which totaled $10 million of, of critical infrastructure of a public street and the seawall over a three quarter of a mile, which is $35 million of a critical infrastructure, really should be phased over that 12 year period. As we had those approvals and that flexibility, really all of that was built within the first two years. So here we are in the end of 22, only a few short months ago, and all of that infrastructure is complete. A temporary bay trail will be opening uh, later this fall with the completion of the launch project. We actually heard comments from uh, Bike Walk Alameda that we'll speak to later in the presentation. But this master plan amendment is simply to add more housing. And within that contemplated master plan approvals, a five-story wood frame project, uh, which if you were to visit the launch project, you get the sense of the bulk height and mass of that project. We're simply just adding housing, which has already been approved by the island, into this project. That's a combination of market rate and affordable. Uh, and, and so the master plan amendment is, is purely just that simple question of adding more housing to this northern waterfront. Uh, there are a number of other slides that we can speak to that are really about design review, but happy to answer any questions specific to the master plan amendment before we move on. Thank you. Now let's open up for board questions and then public comments and then board comments. Um, let's start with the, we'll go this way. I see board member Teague and then board member Sahaba. Okay. Uh, Mr. Murphy, I, I just wanted to clarify the this change is adding very low income specifically uh, as a result of the housing being added. It, that is the end of the affordable housing piece, is that right? That is correct, the 25% okay. state density bonus, we've elected very low income, yes. Awesome, thank you. Board member Sahaba? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's great that there's more density. The question I had was, how did the unit mix shift in order for you to be able to contain the envelope that you have and add more density? Yes, I, I think that's really two parts. Uh, in the master plan, inherently, there was a, a level of um, design that was contemplated uh, that talked about that bulk height mass. 
here that is a combination of studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and, and three bedroom. Uh, and with that, we have made the units a little bit more efficient. We don't do micro units uh, for this project in Alameda, but you'll see that those studio units, everything became a little bit more efficient so that we could maximize that overall density, while at the same time making sure that we have enough of those amenity spaces to support the residents on the waterfront. So it was really just take, there is a, a, a smaller percentage of studios uh, contemplated in this project, uh, but really it was just taking that overall envelope early in the master plan and really refining it, making sure that we design it appropriate and maximize that housing. Okay, just, just a follow-up question to that is that was common open space or private open space impacted as far as proportionally? So during the first proposal where you had lower density, you had a certain amount of open space, correct? And with the higher density, did the open space shift or is it staying static? We have maintained the same amount of open space but shifted one of those components. You'll see a club room that was added to the garage. So it's taking advantage of a rooftop for the view corridor that we have, that, that the Oakland estuary, and taking some of that amenity space up on top of the building. Okay, last question. <laughs> how, uh, how, how did the parking mix get impacted, both automobile and, and bike parking, with, with the density increase? So the parking mix, and I'd have to defer to my architect here in a second, but I believe our parking mix is 1.14 uh, for the proposal, which is less than what was contemplated in the master plan at 1.5. So making sure that we have enough parking to support uh, the residents of Alameda, uh, and at the same time, frankly, increasing the, bark, the bike count uh, throughout the proposed design. So really it was, from the master plan, which is a very early sketch about density, to refining and developing and learning some lessons from launch. What we, bid, what we have built now in phase one and implementing a lot of those design ideas into this design, the design review proposal. Okay, thank you. Any other board questions? Um, board member Cisneros, then board member Vice President Hum. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for the presentation and um, full disclosure, I met with the developer um, a few days ago to view the uh, phase one project. Um, I understand that uh, leveraging the density bonus law, you could have gone up to 812 units. And I'm just curious like why um, uh, you, you didn't, maybe it wasn't feasible, I'm just curious. Yeah, so for us, it's really about construction type, making sure that anything we put before this planning board of the city council, that we are able to build what we hopefully will get approval for. And so uh, that construction type is wood frame, five-story wood frame construction. Uh, it's something that, that we understand very well. The construction costs have increased significantly uh, for all construction types. But for us, this is the maximal feasible density that we could achieve while not growing that envelope, while not increasing that height and changing its construction type. So trying to be really sensitive to maximizing the density, but making sure we put a project before this board that we can build. Got it, okay, that makes sense. 
thanks for clarifying. And then um, uh, I saw in the report that um, uh, there was um, access for the fifth floor um, residents to the upper mezzanine and the roof deck, the private roof deck. Um, and in the theme of the affordable housing units having the same access to amenities as other units, um, are there affordable housing units on that fifth floor? Is that like I, I was a little bit confused about who has access to those um, benefits? Sure. So the the fifth floor, when we get into that design review, okay. uh, you'll see that mm -hmm. that's a combination of fifth floor units that do have mezzanines, and yes, there will be affordable sprinkled throughout each and every floor, each and every you know product type, or each and every unit type. There is a common roof deck in addition to the mezzanine units. That common roof deck is open to all, in this case, 259 residential units and one work-live work, unit. We, similar to launch, we have two rooftop deck, smaller, uh, to take advantage of that Oakland estuary and all the views that Alameda offers. Uh, and so here we've consolidated that into one larger roof deck for the amenity for all residents, whether it's affordable or market. Got it. And one last question, um, uh, clarification question. Um, are, and it might be more design review again. I get these mixed together sometimes, but um, the parking spaces, are they unbundled or? Um... Yes. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Vice President Hom and then Board Member Curtis. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, this might be a question more for planning staff. Um, you know, um, I don't, I'm the 25% increase. I understand that uh, the density bonus with by increasing to 7% very low income units. I guess uh, my understanding is that that 41 units is based on the overall master plan increase of 7%. So that's so to what degree does the inclusionary ordinance require the units to be evenly distributed proportionally? to all the product types within the development, because my understanding is these 13 additional affordable units are all within the phase three area. So how much, what does the city's inclusion out ordinance say about that? Yeah, so uh, the master plan uh, identifies three residential phases. Each phase meets that uh, inclusionary requirement, and, and so each of those phases have already enter into its, their own affordable housing agreements. And so really this phase three is, is the remainder. Okay, so. And they're able to absorb the increase on the same project. So there's site. no requirement in the ordinance for those 13 additional uh, affordable units to be distributed throughout no. the project? Correct. Okay, no. okay, just wanna make sure about that. And do we, is there, um, maybe you could present it in your presentation, is there a plan that shows where these affordable units would be located um, within this project uh, so that we can ensure that there's an even distribution among, and also unit types too. Yes, I can let staff maybe speak yeah. to that. At this point in the project for the master plan amendment and the design review, the next step after technically the city council would then be that we would be working directly with the housing authority. And with that housing agreement, that staff then looks at every different unit type, every different floor, the locations, the views, and the affordable, the housing authority uh, outlines together with a, 
memorialized uh, housing agreement, that exhibit that identifies each each unit's location. Okay, so that is a subsequent step that Correct. worked and out. That's done at staff level. level. Correct. Okay. Okay. And, and we also scrutinize location, um, even the furnishings, ensure that they're equitable across the units. So yeah, we, we, we do a very in-depth process okay. in, in that review. And then my other question is not about the housing units regarding the public access. First of all, I commend you for you know doing the shoreline improvements. Oh, it's one phase. I appreciate that and the fact that the Bay Trail will be you know open by this fall. Um, in your presentation or maybe later on, can you clarify um, where, when, say, the access points from Clement Avenue to the Bay Trail will be open, or is some of that already open now, or will be open in the fall also? Happy to, under the design review, happy to expand the conversation about the master plan and identify, uh, answer your questions. Okay, there. thanks. Board Member Curtis. Yes. I, this is probably my error, but when um, uh, Board Member Sahiba talked about parking, you said it went from one, I heard you say from 1.5 to 1.14, isn't it, isn't it 1.41? I'm sorry, you are correct. It's, it's 1.45. 1 yeah, 1.44, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that makes more sense than, yes. than dropping it from 1.5 to 1.1. So it's 1.44. Got That's it. correct. I misspoke then. Excuse me. Sure. Thanks. Um, go ahead. I, I met with the developer last week. I Thank you. Um, I thought, so no more questions. It's my turn now. Okay. <laughs> Just a quick question. Um, full disclosure, I met with the developer as well to review the project. Regarding the parking, given that the parking count, um, parking ratio is um, diminished a little bit, are you going to be asking for um, any kind of waivers or concessions through? Yeah, no, actually this project benefited from uh, the city's uh, revising the parking ordinance to establish parking maximums. Great. So that was also part of the reason why they're able to add in more units. Thank you for the clarification. Now that's open. Um, are there further any other board questions? Thank you. Now that's open up for public comments. We do have one on Zoom. Uh, Cindy Johnson. I will. Un should good be. Evening, members. Good, in good evening, members of the planning board and staff. And am I able to speak about trail access now, or should I call back on the next item? Um, I think you should call back during the next item. Thank you. Okay. Right. Thank you. Okay. Do and now, do we have any other public comments? There are no other hands raised. Thank you. All right. That's open up for board comments. For Matik. I'd like to thank staff and the developer uh, for bringing this forward. I am really appreciative of the increase in housing and specifically the increase in the very low income, which is the area that we do abysmally at. So I am very happy and I would definitely move that the city council approve the master plan amendment in the density bonus as described in a resolution that strikes out the development plan and design review sections of the existing resolution. 
Thank you. Do we have a second? I second um, that. Okay. Um, any further discussions? I, um, I, I just want to. Hang on I, I, Board member. Uh, staff. I just have a question about the, uh, so currently we have one resolution. Is, uh, is the board's wish to separate into two? One just recommending the council. I mean, I'll yes. let um, City, City Attorney, Attorney Chen comment. Can I clarify, is the planning board uh, wanting to vote on everything except for design review? Yes. The, the development plan is also an approval. So the development plan design review is separate, mm -hmm. one item. The master plan amendment and the density bonus is a recommendation for city council. Is that correct, the split? We don't recommend the city council deal with the development plan. Correct, and typically that portion doesn't go to the council. Right, exactly, and simplifying what goes to the council is my goal, is that let them focus on exactly what they need to do with no extraneous other stuff. So this motion is to recommend that the city council approve the master plan amendment and the density bonus application. And that's it. On the next one, we will refer to this one, but it'll be different, two different resolutions. I think that we can proceed that way and what we can do following this meeting is to break out uh, the two into two separate pieces of legislation to reflect the planning board's action. So we could go ahead and take a vote. Yeah. Um, if I might also just supplement in that motion, there are some conditions that would make it appropriate with, along with the, with the master plan. I'm just kind of going through the conditions. Um, let's see. Yeah, if you see any conditions that apply to the master plan amendment, I didn't see any. So other than the housing authority, um, one, all the rest were definitely related to the development plan and design review. Yeah, I think uh, condition number eight regarding the requirement for the affordable housing plan, that, that should also carry over. Yeah. But that's it. But it, it becomes much, much smaller to go to the city council. Board Member T, would you like to amend your motion just to clarify everything? One yes, the, my, as I just described, that's that's what I move to recommend to the City Council. Board Member Ariza, do you still second? Yes, okay. I second the motion. Now that we have a motion and a second, do we have further discussions from Board Member? Board Member Curtis? This is more a, a comment than discussion, but I just want to commend the developer um, to, to put out the amount of, of um, Funding to do the offsites in the schedule that you did showed an exceptionally good degree of management and planning, and, and you should be commended. This is something that I can support wholeheartedly. Thank you. Any further board comments? Yes. Board member Cisneros? Yeah, thank you. Um, I also just want to um, uh, share my appreciation for this project. I think it's a really great community benefit with the seawall, with um, the Bay Trail improvements and Clement Avenue extension. So I agree with Board Member Curtis and um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see this move forward. And I think um, one thing I, I did observe is just the, um, with the access to the trail um, and amenities, surrounding amenities, there's a lot of bike um, 
uh, parking spaces and racks, and if there's an opportunity to really leverage um, partnerships with the, the bike community and bike shops, like I think that would be great as we incentivize alternative transportations really to um, emphasize that. So, um, but yeah, just um, wanna um, also echo my support for this project. Mr. Tai, you look like you have yes. something to say. Pardon me. Um, I actually didn't realize condition number seven, this is the final map for condominium purposes, addresses a master plan requirement that the number of units have to be made available for sale. So the, re so the requirement for the condo map is to intended to satisfy that requirement, and I think that should also follow the master plan res, though. We should include that. And, and if the city attorney identifies any other clauses that should have been included, please do so. Okay, so um, that's a code, um, roll call. We don't need the roll call, just let's call vote, please. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, motion passes unanimously. Now let's continue on to um, design review and development plan. Um, so I think the applicant uh, would like to continue their presentation on the um, design of the RAP-B building. Good evening again, Sean Murphy. Brian, if I could just get one more slide back so I can, thank you. So wanted to just address the, the master plan phasing a little bit uh, for Vice President who asked the question about those important street corridors. So what we're gonna be discussing tonight is the Rap B Foundry Project, and that's at the intersection of Clement and Lafayette Street. That is an existing uh, street grid connector that we will be improving and bringing all the way through to the waterfront when that project is complete. However, what is soon to be open is Schiller Street, and that's a vehicular condition that's gonna be moving further north. That street will be open in August of this year with the completion of the launch project. Together with that street grid, what's already been delivered, uh, which is just west of Union Street, and I'd invite all of you who haven't had a chance to visit launch to please come out. We have a pedestrian access easement, which is a, a real pedestrian corridor that goes essentially just to the west of Union Street all the way out to the water. And that is actually one of those bike connectors that you'd see uh, that penetrates through the, the launch project. Similar tonight, you'll hear our architects speak of a view corridor uh, that will be built with the Rap B project. And that, uh, right where Brian has the cursor, will run visually through from Clement Street all the way to the waterfront. Other vehicular uh, extensions, which are currently underway on phase two in the area of the brown on the east side of the project, are gonna be Stanford Street and Willow Street. Those two streets, which then connect all the way to the waterfront to future uh, public open space, which is totaling over four and a half acres, those two streets will be done roughly in the year 2025 and 2026. Those are under construction now together with the townhome. So there's really five important connectors uh, that get from Clement Street all the way to that waterfront. And uh, there's two of those that will be open uh, as of this fall. 
one that will be delivered vehicular with Lafayette together with a visual corridor, and then the remaining two, Stanford and Willow, in the next coming years with the townhome project. So all of that connection really to that waterfront, to, that, to the open space, uh, is really important, and obviously then the Bay Trail connector. Uh, one other question that I think uh, will be addressed uh, was presented by Bike Walk Alameda, and it's one that, that we want to uh, be a part of and provide that solution. There is a temporary Bay Trail that will be open later this fall. Uh, there is a request from Bike Walk Alameda to really make that western connection all the way through the city courtyard. Uh, we are endeavored to, um, to make that happen. Uh, and we could do that as, as quickly as we can work with staff. It's a simple fence and some landscaping and a little bit of asphalt, and then obviously um, approvals to, to, to connect through to that city courtyard. But that is part of that master plan vision, and we wanna make sure that this project uh, can bring that forward as quickly as possible. And again, much faster than the master plan contemplated, which is really a, you know, a total of 12 years. Uh, and, and so with that, maybe we can start to talk about the design review. So I think staff has done a good job talking about the overall you know, master plan amendment uh, on the units. Uh, so what we'll be talking about uh, tonight is the site specifically. It's a 2.77 acre site. There is a component of it which is highlighted in yellow. There's a component of it which we call the off-sites. Those are adjacent parking lots to service the commercial core, but they're important components of a project like this for constructability and like we, as we just discussed, the Lafayette Street extension. Parking we'll, we'll talk about, EV parking, bike storage. Uh, you'll see when, we, when the architect presents the plans on that ground floor, really embracing a lot of the bike ordinance that this island is, is bringing forth together with the Clement Avenue improvements that have been built in the cycle track, we're actually creating a real storefront for that bike storage room right there at the ground floor uh, along that Lafayette Street. So really making it a true resident amenity uh, to connect people to Clement, but also to the Bay Trail and clearly elements like the ferry terminal. Uh, and so there's a number of key design aspects that uh, our team will talk about. And, and with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to Trevor to walk through elements of the design review. Hi there. My name is Trevor, BD Architecture. Thank you, Sean. Um, appreciate May I ask you to speak to the mic, please? Thank you. Apologies. Is that better? Um, a little bit. You probably have to get really close to it. All right. You're uh, very tall. Sorry. <laughs> fair enough. Um, again, Trevor Shure, um, BD Architecture, thank you all for your time in reviewing this project and for staff and taking their time the last few months to work on it with us. Um, I'll just touch on a few of those key aspects. I think we did a pretty good job in 5A talking about the affordable housing. Um, in this design review, um, as we've called out, there's a few things that we've keyed back into the master plan to make sure we're in compliance and making sure we're meeting that intent that we um, have thought about for a long time here. Um, one of those aspects is that view corridor um, that's coming off. Uh, I'll show you a plan of that, but again, Sean kind of described it um, in terms of, of visibility and we've worked with staff in terms of getting transparency. I'll show you guys some renderings and stuff of that. 
Um, sustainability is a part of the master plan. Um, we'll make sure that this is lead silver equivalent. Um, we've also done that over at RAPE as well. Um, universal design and visitability, um, those are important aspects of the master plan. All of our units will be complying with both of those aspects. Um, talked about open space. There's a lot of open space on this project um, coming from Clement and then off of it on the kind of east side with the BCDC view corridor, um, the, the parking and the, the parkway on the, the left side, and then on the north getting into the Bay Trail and the wharf and, and all of that. Um, and then just working with massing articulation. Um, if you go to the next slide. Uh, so this is an aerial view. Um, I believe this was an updated kind of version from your packet, um, but we just kind of wanted to show you guys the cool aspects of this in terms of looking at it. You can see the townhomes kind of on the right side here. Clement Street is running diagonally there, the main strip. Um, our building that we're talking about here today, Wrap B, we also reference it as the foundry um, right there in the middle. Um, and then you can see up there on the kind of upper side, you can see the building 19 um, that in the part of the maritime core that's also being worked on and then the launch project that we've discussed that's nearing completion up there. Um, looking out over the estuary and all the Oakland and all the views. Um, next slide, please. So I'll start with the design and looking at how you would experience this coming off of Clement Avenue. Um, this is the intersection of Clement and, La and Lafayette. Um, we have on here showing a lot of mass articulation um, in terms of stepping the building, you can see that upper story, um, two stories, three or four feet out. Um, this is our lobby. This is our double height space. Um, really important aspect as you right off of Clement Avenue, venture there, you have the bike trail, you have that pedestrian experience <clears throat> coming across this. Um, we'll start to talk about materials in a little bit, but you can see kind of focusing on a high quality materials at the corners, um, looking at the metal panel there in the black. Um, large storefront windows at the lobby and the amenity spaces there along Lafayette. Um, and then the wood-like siding um, that we'll go into a little bit in the, the materials um, when we get there. Go to the next slide. <clears throat> As we go down Clement, um, I think we looked at this building. We wanted to try to make it feel a little bit more industrial. There's a lot of history um, on this, this site and kind of with the the boat making and really wanted to incorporate a, a few different materials and things that we think could kind of create this this master plan and then add kind of a uniqueness to this building. Um, with that, we have this large area of brick. Um, we also have brick base around other components I'll show you, um, along with some bolt-on balconies. Um, we really think accentuating the views and creating these nice spaces for these units to experience the the surroundings is important and we think those bolt-on balconies along with the brick kind of create a more industrial um, unique experience um, that view corridor here is this is where you're aligned there with the street um, so you can see that the fencing there um, there is a condition and we've worked with staff to make sure that that view corridor is 60 percent um, open um, so we'll work with that in terms of you can kind of see the design intent here um, we are planning on creating it with the concept of the railings and such relating to the building. Um, so it will be some aspect that relates. You can see we're bringing in some of those materials to that with lighting, things that we kind of also looked at from the launch and some of those lighting aspects and really creating that experience that you kind of get, you get those views towards the water and through our space. Um, also just uh, 
speaking to this, I'll show you guys in plan, but um, you can see there's this large portion of the building that's pretty far set back from Clement. Um, on the, the launch project, that, that building was about 15 foot um, back from Clement. The master plan, I believe, is 12. Um, this project is closer to 21 feet just at the corners. And then if you go back to this kind of larger section of, of brick, you get closer to 25 or 30 feet. Um, with that, you know, next slide. <clears throat> As we move to the other side of the building, um, you can see the building 19 on the right and the water in front of you. Um, and then kind of the townhomes on the left. So you start to see the, the density and the, the elements coming through here. Um, we've really tried to focus design a lot on this water and the Bay Trail and all the things that you guys have described and the, the bikes and things like that that are gonna um, come about from this project and or this, this whole master plan. Um, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of balconies, there's a lot of visibility, there's a lot of windows really focused on that water we really are excited to have them experience this. Um, you can start to see the, the top articulation. Um, we've spoken about some of those mezzanine units and things like that. Um, those mezzanines will essentially, they have on the fifth, fifth floor and then a mezzanine above, they'll be part of the same unit. And then as Sean said, uh, there is a common roof deck for the, the residents there. We'll show you guys a couple views and some uh, renderings of that. Next. Um, this was another rendering that we did add to the package um, for this presentation. Um, thought it was a cool experience to look at that Bay Trail, look at Building 19 that's um, working on in the, in the background there and, and activating this space. Um, you can start to see the building as it interacts with this. Um, you can see the same materials that we're looking at on Clement. We're bringing back here. We're, not, we're kind of creating all four sides in terms of a similar articulation. Um, in terms of materials, I think we are experiencing differently from Clement to here, but really trying to bring in some of those relationships um, to the waterway, creating those views, those balconies, those railings, those things that are important to create that um, atmosphere from a building and then just relating to the Bay Trail and all of that that's going to be developed and awesome for those, those components. Uh, this is a view of the, the roof deck. This is the common area. Um, pretty large roof deck up there, about 3,000 square feet that will be um, plantings and um, different activities for the, the residents, um, views out towards Oakland and over Building 19 there. I'm really excited about that space and what it's gonna bring to this project um, for, those, for those residents. Um, these, are the re these are the elevations in here. Um, I think that the biggest component, I'll show you guys the material board and walk you through that here in a second. I think the biggest thing to look at these elevations and understand is we are doing a lot of articulation. The roof lines are undulating depending on the material, depending on the mass, if we're pushing in or out. Really trying to have a thoughtful, articulate process throughout that. Um, holding those corners, you can see the, the darker metal panel on the left and right side at the top there on Clement. Um, and then creating uh, design elements uh, in the middle there, playing with some mullions, kind of creating, trying to be um, a little bit more of that industrial vibe, even when we're not using the brick or something um, at some of those window elements. Next slide. Um, and then these are the other components. Um, the east elevation, that's on the um, right side of the plan with the EVA, that's also a BCDC view corridor that we're um, staying back of and, and making sure that we're, we're compliant with um, in between the townhomes. Um, so we, have some bolt-on balconies there, um, really working early on to try to even create on these side elevations, more views towards the water. 
and not just have that north side. Try to extend out and have you focus um, as you go down those east and west sides. Next slide. With this, this is the overall site plan. Um, things that we've worked on pretty early um, is looking at kind of not just the, the glamour and the beauty that I just showed you a lot of renderings of, but also the utilities, um, how the, the users are gonna experience this, how the um, city departments are gonna utilize this. So you can see there's a trash loading zone kind of on the top left side of the building there, um, just on the Lafayette Street extension up there. Um, we have worked with consultants, looked at churning radiuses and such, and making sure that we've thought about this trash and loading at this early stage and not coming back later and having to recreate that. Um, you can see as you come off of Lafayette there, there's also a curb cut there, and that would be your entry to the garage. Um, you can see kind of the garage footprint in the middle. Um, I don't know if we've really described it, but this is a wrap project. Um, so the garage ends up being in the middle, surrounding with the um, units all around it. Um, so that garage entry is off Lafayette Street Extension as you come in there. Um, and then the trash and loading is outside of that. Um, you can see on the top portion, um, you have the Bay Trail. Um, you also have that larger roof deck that is kind of showing you multiple levels, but you can see kind of all the open space and things that we've worked on um, and trying to activate these. Um, there is also a courtyard um, that has a pool and such on the right side there. Um, and the view corridor essentially chops through that right side there on the first and second story as it is 20 feet wide and, and double height um, for the master plan. Go next slide. Here's that plan just kind of showing you some of those units um, and that view corridor. I think the other important aspect that is part of the master plan is the uh, buffer zone. Um, so similar to the wrap A, um, there's a buffer zone between the maritime core um, and our building. So on this side, it's on the west side. Um, so in looking at that, our ground floor is made up of lobby, leasing, amenities. Um, we have the large bike room here on the on the west side. Um, we're pretty excited about incorporating kind of a larger bike room that we can also work with interiors and, and have a really cool space with some storefront out there and, and create that as not um, in the center or in a garage or something that's harder to get access to. So we're really looking to accentuate that and, and work with the Bay Trail and kind of all the components that this, this project um, brings about. As you move up to the north side, there is one work-live unit. Um, that's a commercial unit. Um, so that continues that west side to keep that whole ground floor between the maritime core and the buffer zone intact per the master plan. Um, and then just another calling out other things on this first floor. Um, we do have a lot of, um, <clears throat> we, we do show the, the back of house and electrical rooms. I know that's not the glamour, but again, we've thought about this. We've worked with AMP. We've thought about the transformers and things like that, so we're not having to redesign as much later. Um, <clears throat> and then you also have a bike room on the east side there as you connect off from the trail, so trying to have a dual access as well. Um, next slide, please. Um, and as I get close to wrapping up here, I want to talk through the materials. Um, so. I highlighted the kind of darker corners. That's gonna be um, what we call an ACM or a composite metal panel. Um, that would be similar to something you would see on the launch um, that we have out there um, in terms of those kind of browns and stuff, if you guys have seen that. Um, 
<clears throat> and then the Woodlook siding, um, that one would be also a metal product. Um, we've looked at different products such as like a longboard or a Lux. There's a lot of different ones out there, but essentially it's like a tongue and groove. It's more of a um, siding rather than a, a panelized, um, but it is a metal product um, and it won't be um, actual wood. Um, there's other components that we utilize with the stucco. Um, and then as I called out the brick, the brick is generally on the base or on that large Clement Avenue um, as we're making some of those important moves there. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the guardrails, um, again, we'll, we'll, use, you'll, we'll work with the guardrails as well as the visual corridor so you'll see kind of similar patterns. Um, we're looking to incorporate um, perforated metal panel um, and play with the designs and, and um, we've shown them in the renderings. Um, we really enjoyed that aspect and really feel like it brings another level to some of the railings and stuff and um, get to incorporate with the design. Um, another component that we, we just added to this was um, updating, just showing you that um, garage door. Um, that was what we used on the launch. Um, we wanted, it, it will be something similar in terms of a perforated panel, but I, I believe the elevations didn't really um, show that, but there will be a gate um, at the garage um, for the residents open during the day, but closed at night um, for that aspect. Next slide. Um, and at the end, um, just wanna show you, and this is the water view, um, a night rendering. Um, we feel like this space is, this building is gonna create an awesome environment. Um, whether it's during the day or at night, we've looked at it with electrical engineers, photometrics, things like that. So um, we're thinking about these spaces um, at all, all aspects and really look forward to hopefully creating an awesome design that adds to this master plan. Thank you for your time. I can stand for any questions. Thank you for the presentation. Um, let's start with the board questions, clarifying questions, and then public comments, and then board comments. Board Member Teague. Uh, if you go back to the almost the very beginning on slide AP 101, or it's the rendering of the front, that, what is the transparency in that rendering of that gate? In that rendering exactly? Yes, um, that looks like much more transparent than 65. I would, I would have to go back and I guess I don't know the exact transparency of that rendering, um, but. Okay, is it, um, would it be an extreme hardship to do something more like 75%? Yes, yeah, so I, I guess I can tell you what the, these things are based on different patterns we look at from different manufacturers. Um, if I looked that one up, um, I would guess it would be land between 60 and 70%. Um, in conversations with staff when we looked at this um, approval, um, we did look at the 75, we understood 75 was um, a consideration and we looked at it. Um, and what I looked at was a lot of the products out there and it was, it was I'd say like less than 5% that actually met the 75% opening. Um, so we felt like the 60% range um, led us to an ability to, to kind of have some flexibility, but what we felt was staff was still good enough visibility to get to that water and to get to see everything. That wasn't quite an answer. So if we were to require 75%, is there a product that you could use? I think you would start to get into the realm of glass and things that start to conflict with bird safety and other things that we worry about with that. There's a certain level of transparency that starts to go to the other end of things. And so we're, we're, we're trying to balance those it, two It components. may be difficult. 
is right. what I'm hearing. Fair enough. It may be possible, but it may be difficult. Thank you. Any other? If, if staff can just Please. add on to that. We actually, um, originally we had drafted the condition to be 75%, and then the um, architect brought it to our attention. And we, we did look at some of the manufacturer specs. To arrive at 65% as proposed is, um, I think, a, a, a pretty good standard. And there might be other, there might be, um, and it's true that there are other types of gates that would involve glass, but then there, we start conflicting with the bird safe ordinance. Yeah. My concern is in this rendering, what we're being shown, that's higher than 65%. I mean, basically more than two thirds of the space is open. And I would be like, I would wanna see a rendering that shows 65%, not one that shows something that's larger. Yeah. The, the other thing I think to point out is um, there is a, a building safety built into the design. So um, all of the perforations through the fence, I mean, that the spacing can't be create spaces larger than the four inch. Four, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when, when you factor in kind of the density of the materials, um, 65 seems to be already kind of pushing the envelope. But okay, staff is comfortable when we get to board comment, one of my uh, architect members of the board could talk to this issue. Thank you. Absolutely. Any other board questions, clarifying questions? Vice President Hum, and yeah, then uh, Board Member Lee. Yeah, I'm glad that Board Member Teague brought up that issue. That's exactly what I was going to bring up, too. 65% to me seems not that transparent to me. And, and the rendering looks like it's more than 65%. I guess I want to, because I know a little bit about bird safe building standards, but my question was at the ground floor, I know there's certain types of glass that are made architects can address a little bit more that, that gets recommended to deal with the bird safe issue. So I'm kind of want a little bit more information on why, um, you know, having like a glass storefront is problematic at this location when you know, I mean, you got windows um, throughout the building, you know, with that birds, you know, can fly into those upper story windows. And I'm understanding this upper floors tends to be more that birds fly into. So uh, for transparency, just understand a little bit more why a glass storefront or some glass finish be, could not be considered, which is, if this is a view corridor, it'd be nice to see a way to really maximize so it's truly a view corridor. Right. Absolutely agree. Um, in staff's experience, with a lot of the smaller windows up above, I mean, you have curtains. There's often objects immediately behind the glass that the birds can see through. And same for storefronts. Um, with sort of an open corridor, um, there are higher chances where the birds might be used to flying above the gate, but then might not know that when they're flying a little bit lower, they're hitting hitting a glass gate, for example. So that might be the issue we run into with this particular space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I seem to recall there's some, some type of glazing finish that can minimize that. Yes, you, we can also require uh, uh, glass with etched patterns in them. Um, but I mean, that's kind of a design mm -hmm. question. Yeah. Certainly, yeah, that, that, would, um, that would be something that the birds can see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My concern is, you know, you have a 65% um, transparency. That's still quite a bit of blockage, you know. It's considering you got two gates, one on each side. 
unless a gate is planned to be open during the daytime, which I'm assuming it'll be closed all the time, just because I understand the security and the need for the gate. Yeah, there's another component from the security standpoint, but there, there is a pool in that deck, and so mm -hmm. that, that fence yeah. is required. There's there's six foot, there's different requirements for that, and that, that gate being um, accessed yeah. is yeah. part of that. I mean, I do appreciate the view corridor. I don't want to diminish that. I'm just kind of concerned that the gate defeats that purpose. Um, I have a, an, another question regarding the unit count. Uh, on page seven, you know, you provide a nice breakdown of the percentage of studios, one bedroom, two bedrooms, and there's one. Um, how, does, how does the percentage of the unit types change in this proposal versus the previous proposal? I know that there was comment about uh, the units have gotten more economized and more efficiency. I'm wondering, is there a change also in the unit breakdown as far as number of bedrooms, or is it about the same? It's just that the units have been compressed a bit more. If you could kind of address that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in terms of when we went back and looked at the units um, from the original master plan in terms of just uh, the, the overall number, um, we looked at um, what we've done on the launch and other products um, and just some of the square footages just were a little bit smaller, but as Sean said, by, by no means are these micro units or anything like that. Um, so we've looked at that in terms of scaling all of them a little bit, just in, in working with what works with, with units in the environment right now. Um, and I think there was a comment about open space. We've also looked at that same ratio with the open space of so some of those balconies kind of just as, as they created, but there's um, still uh, very much many balconies in, in open space. Um, but your other component, um, I believe, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I believe there's um, maybe a few few more one bedrooms, uh, but there, there was a small, small uh, percentage that we were looking at adjusting, um, again, based on um, trying to get more units, looking at the markets, different things. Okay, so there's, so I guess what I'm, I think I'm hearing you say is that there's a change, but not a significant change. Yeah, I mean, I, once you kind of replicate it over the whole footprint, I mean, this is still a, a decent sized site that you start to find uh, more space and create those that density change that we've we've described here. Okay. Board member Riza. Yes, thank you for the presentation. Um, going back to the view corridor fence, what is the height on that? It, it will be six feet for the, the feet. pool requirements. Okay. Um, and then my other question was about, do you have the plan for unit type A 2.0? I saw that there are some floor plans for unit types, but I could not find the A 2.0, which is the corner units, the interior corner units in the courtyard. I got you. Um, we didn't have that in the package. Um, we do have similar unit types over at the launch um, that would be similar, we, we, we could pass along. But um, in terms of at this stage of the entitlements, we've, we haven't done all of the unit in terms of dialing and everything. So we tried to show one bedrooms, two bedrooms and doing things like that. So there's some components that we've, um, we, we didn't include in the, in the whole package at this entitlement phase. Okay, I'm a, I'm a bit con concerned about those units. Board member Riza, on um, the interior units, um, um, question for staff member, I don't believe interior units layout is under this, the purview of this board. 
That's correct. Unless the board feels that the interior floor plan affects something that mm. you feel strongly about the exterior design. I Usually see. that I comes see. in during building permit plans and staff will review. Yeah, typically things. during the planning process, we only see typical units. And even that is not a requirement. Thank you. So do you have any further questions? No. Any other board clarifying questions? Um, I have a few. Oh, sorry, board member Sahaba, please. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I have a few questions. Um, can we go back to that rendering of the view corridor again, just so I can get clarity on this? Um, I think from what I'm seeing, and, I, and one of the questions I have is that is the material that's being proposed in the in in the fenced area in the view corridor the same as the balcony railing? It was matching that, yes. Yeah, same, same, okay. So uh, the height of this you said was six feet, but it looks taller than that. Um, the regulations for pool uh, code, I don't believe you need to go above uh, probably, I don't know, 60 inches, that's five feet. So I, I think the more you can lower that, the more it will feel open. Because I think when you're when you're at the proportions of it are almost half the height of the of the actual opening, and that's what's really constricting that sense of openness. I think it'll help the birds and everyone else if that if that gets lowered. We can look at that. Yeah. Okay. I, I would, yeah. Uh, but I I do like the idea of it connected to uh, the balcony scenario as well because I think then it becomes more consistent architecturally. Uh, the other questions I have are uh, related, uh, well, a few questions related to the ground floor. You have a series of units that are on the ground floor. Um, these units do not have that, that face, I guess, both the courtyard and the, out, and, and the outer perimeter. Uh, doesn't look to me like they have any private open space. Is that just a landscape buffer or are there plans to create to the private Is there a certain space? section you were looking at specifically? Or? Um, along the entire perimeter, wherever you have units that land on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few different site constraints that we've been looking at in terms of easements and, and other things that are, that are out there in terms of utilities and, and such. Um, we are trying to maximize the views and put balconies as much as we can on the upper floors. Um, the ground floors, there's a couple of things. Um, is it possible to go to the... Um, be maybe five or six pages down. <coughs> oh, one more, thank you. Um, so within the courtyard, with there being a pool and not adding another layer of fence in there, those are all just landscaping and such there mm -hmm. in terms of the courtyard aspect. Um, and then on the north side there with the, the hardscape and the, and the bay trail um, and some stormwater treatment, we've we've limited the, the amount of private open space there and trying to keep that, uh, well, the, the Bay Trail and, and the wharf, all those things being public open space and just having that separation of the security and such there. Um, so to, to answer your question, I guess there, there isn't uh, private open space uh, on the first floor in, for these for these units. Okay. You know, I, uh, okay, that's, that's what I wanted to understand. And I guess I'll make some comments later. <laughs> uh, okay, last, la I, I think my last question. Um, I couldn't tell which windows are operable in these drawings. Are, 
uh, looking at the elevations um, or looking at the plans, could you describe where the operable windows are located? They'll generally be casements on this project. Um, okay. So if we're using this rendering here where you kind of have the mullions staggered there on the kind of popped out, it would either be the left or right side um, there, the, the kind of upper left or upper right. So if it's a six panel, um, it would be a, a casement in that, in that area. Um, and then for the, when we get onto the brick, we're, we're trying to utilize a mullion pattern that's a little more uh, uniform with the brick and such like that. So it would become a, you'd probably have a sash there and you'd kind of take two of those squares on the top left or top right section there for a casement. Okay, got it. All right, thank you. Okay, um, thank you for the presentation and I have a few questions. Um, looks like you, you have updated the material reference images. So there's a new parking garage um, gate, and I don't want to be the dead horse on the view corridor gate again. But it looks like there's that gate that the, um, we can talk about that during comment section. Um, then there's the new reference image of the garage gate. Then there's also another gate reference image in the landscape section. So which one are you proposing? We would be proposing what's in the rendering and, and relating that to the building design and, and architecture there um, and openness of the condition of approval. Okay, thank you. Then um, second question is, um, you all, it looks like they, you are incorporating glass railing on the top floor. Um, is that just a simple blade or are you planning on having a top? What's the design of that glass railing? Yeah, if, um, Brian, is it possible to go slide or two? Oh, I think, all right, sorry. <laughs> um, so we've, um, on these projects, we really worry about um, waterproofing and such, so we use a lot of knife plate connections. So in terms of the, the guardrail, it would be kind of partially on the back of the parapet, but then that glass would come up there. Um, we, we would propose a aluminum cap on the top there, okay. um, but essentially um, creating that glass for whatever section um, above that, that low parapet in that sense. This um, is a new detail, right? It's not for, in the Yeah, no, this is just something that... Okay, good. Uh, we, yeah, no, apologies, this is just... No, I thought I missed it. So. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. Okay. Thank um, you. And then um, another question on the material on in this set. And on sheet AP 3.3 on the top, um, that wood like wood looking material, there's a legend, a keynote says number one. And then on um, page AP 3.5, um, the same material is called on number two, metal siding. I guess after your explanation, it's wood-like aluminum siding. I wanna make sure that those are the same thing and not two different, because one is key to number one, the other one is key to metal siding. Yeah, I believe that was, an, I mean, it, they should both be the wood-like siding. Okay, thank you. Those are my questions. Um, with that said, that's an open up for public comments. So far, we have one hand raised. Cindy Johnson. Good evening, members of the planning board and staff. I'm calling on behalf of Bikewalk Alameda to follow up on the letter we sent last week regarding the fence that's obstructing the Bay Trail. 
at the western border of the Alameda Marina site. And I wanted to express appreciation for Mr. Murphy's acknowledgement of this concern tonight. We envision just a very minimal effort to open up the basic access between the Great Grand Street boat launch and this site in Q3 of this year, along with the proposed temporary Bay Trail, rather than later, and we thought the resolution might be revised to include language around this. We welcome any other approaches your staff might have to open up the continuous public access along the waterfront as soon as reasonably possible. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you. Any other public comments? There are no more speakers. Okay, now that closed public comment section, let's open up for board comments and discussions. Don't all rush in. <laughs> board Member Teague, and then Board Member Ariza, and then Board Member Zahava. Uh, I'd like to thank staff and the developer for this project. I, I like almost everything about it. Uh, obviously, I'm not thrilled with the view corridor. Um, I, in, in my book, I would, in terms of the structure and the design of the building, I, I am fully supportive of that. I really want something more in terms of the view corridor, which I don't believe involves the structure of the building and should not potentially slow down the project to have staff work with them to come up with really good, how is the view being preserved down the corridor uh, so that we can make sure that that's done. There are potential trees and shrubs that also were there. If the trees are higher than six feet, then it's not blocking the view corridor. But if they're, you know, they're from the ground up, it's an issue. But the rest of the project I am thrilled with. I am really happy and would fully support. Um, so I wait to hear what the rest of my, uh, our board says. Thank you. Thank you, Board Member Teague. Board Member Ariza. Thank you. Um, yes, I agree. I concur with Board Member Teague. It's a, it's a really nice looking project. I, I think I wanted to clarify my question about the unit. Um, the way I look at it in the floor plan, those interior corner units, it doesn't look like they would have a lot of natural light, so that was my concern. Um, and then I really like the way that you have articulated the, the exterior elevations on the estuary side and the continuation of the road with the roof deck recessed. And I was wondering if there was, or, or maybe just I was gonna suggest to, if there was consideration to look at something like that on Clement's side. Because I'm assuming most of the structures in front of this tall building are lower and you would still have a view on the other side that is a good view. But it's just a comment, a suggestion. Thank you. Um, board Member Ariza, could you clarify that one more time and see if you want, which side are you talking about again? Oh, the Clement side of the street, the exterior elevations? Um, maybe we can go back to that side, sure. the Clement Street. Um, the, the, you don't really see how the, the building has kind of a, an actual roof line. It, it looks very flat, I guess, very long on the Clements side. To me, the, the massing just looks, because there isn't that recess in the roof deck on the top floor, the fifth floor, you know, how you can see the 
kind of the, the, the changing material with the wood, which um, can happened. Can we look at the um, perspective, please? So you're talking about this view. This is the Clement view. Correct. And you feel like the top is too flat. Yeah, I mean, in this view, you only see a little bit, but when you see the whole exterior elevation, it will be a long, it will be a long mass with no, no changes on the top. It's just a continuous line, basically. Um, and I understand why they did it on the estuary side, because that's kind of the easy to assess, really good view of the water. Um, but I guess in my mind, there really is going to be a good view everywhere from that roof <laughs> because Alameda doesn't have a lot of height, a lot of tall buildings. Okay. And it would just help in, in my, from, from how I see it, it would help the three-dimensionality of that long facade on the Clement side. Um, but that, that's just something they can study as they develop the project, I think. Thank you. Um, board member Sahaba. Okay, thank you. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I, uh, on the view quarter, I think my recommendation would be to see how low the fence can go um, in order to preserve as much opening as possible. I would just add a um, couple comments that I have on the ground floor. I understand there are um, potential constraints for private open space, but I, um, I do think that what the building does differently than the typology of the neighborhood to the south of, of where this building exists is that you, obviously to the south of it, it's not multifamily, it's more single family homes, but you feel access off the road. Uh, with so much landscape buffer around it, it feels a bit more protected. And even if it was an Airv unit, it seems like there could be some opportunity for connection to the outside uh, from, from the unit, even if it was a path to a stoop and not actually a private garden. So I, I would just uh, think about access at the ground level and if there's some opportunity there. Uh, the other comment I had was architecturally on the exterior. The, if I look at some of the patterning where the horizontal mullion is um, sort of hopping from a low point to a high point back low, on some of the, um, like where the white bar is, where the, where the black um, pop-out zone is, uh, I'm just thinking from the user experience on the inside, it could feel a little chaotic that the horizontal mullion hops around like that. Um, I think, I, I understand it's um, creating a, I guess an additional texture to the exterior, but I would uh, consider trying to unify that a bit more where the horizontals just came straight across because again, I'd, I'd, uh, I'm thinking more from the inside out that the experience could, could feel a little bit more fractured. So w within that room specifically. Um, but it does impact what the exterior looks like and I, and, and I do think there could be some consistency achieved from the exterior as well. Uh, besides that, I, um, I think that uh, one, one last comment is uh, sort of the front door experience uh, of, of arrival at the lobby. Um, 
I appreciate that the lobby's been set back and, and there's relief there. I'm not so sure it's clear where the front door is architecturally since there's, um, doesn't mean, uh, the, the facade doesn't really change from what I can see on this corner or there's, there is an acknowledgement like a canopy or something like that to, to help wayfinding. So I think the gesture's great, the two-story lobby, I'm just um, recommending that some additional thought be put in on where public access exists, because right now there's a lot of doors on the exterior, some lead to electrical rooms, bike rooms, lobbies, but uh, it doesn't seem, from what I can tell, a clear hierarchy of, of arrival. Uh, so that, that would be my comment for that, uh, I think. Uh, that's, that's it for me, thank you. Thank you, board, thank you, board member Sahaba. Um, board, Vice President Ham. Yeah, <clears throat> thank you. Um, I know I agree with the rest of the board member. This is a very nice project, it's well designed. I like the um, common recreation area, there'll be a real amenity for the future residents. So it's a nice project. You know, I, I guess my only hang up is the view corridor. Don't want to harp on that too much, but uh, I, uh, for instance, when we say design consistency, I do see L sheet L12 has some, has a detail, and of course maybe it's located where there's not a bird safety element, but there's an indication of some type of glass storefront somewhere. It doesn't, I'm not clear exactly where within the project, so, if there's a way to look at some way to um, consider a more, certainly more transparent kind of gate or look at an alternative that has uh, glass, I myself, I don't think that's necessarily a design inconsistency when I look at the ground floor of both the Clement and the West Elevation, you know, it shows windows, you know, all the way down to the ground level, so having if there could be, you know, some type of glass or more transparent. See, I, either way, I don't think it's a design conflict, uh, but to me, trying to strive for more transparency to re re reflect the purpose of the view corridor is really my primary comment. Otherwise, I think it's a good project. I do support the increase in the number of affordable units. I think that's need, very much needed in Alameda to meet our affordable housing requirements. I, I like the idea that we are increasing, even though it's only 2%, but that we are increasing the number of very low income units in the community because that's sorely needed. Thank you. Any other board comments? Okay. Um, thank you for the presentation and thank you, my fellow board members, for your thoughtful comments. Um, I to appreciate the thoughtfulness that the um, development team and the design team have put in into the design. Um, a few comments I have is, in response to the view corridor, I agree with my fellow board members that that is a very important issue. And I think I would like to make it a condition for the applicant to work with staff to maybe, and I agree with board member Sahaba's recommendation of maybe keeping the fence low probably a six feet maximum now, rather than going as high, as tall as was shown on the rendering, which I think is probably taller than what it needed to be. And then um, make it as transparent as possible. I, I'm open to other board members' suggestions in terms of the specific verbiage that needs to go into the condition. Um, 
Second thing, um, regarding the stoop, um, this is a question for board member Sahaba. Would you like to incorporate that as the conditions of approval and how would you like to word it? Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't believe I want to include it as a condition of approval, more of a recommendation. I think what makes um, neighborhoods thrive is permeability at the ground floor. Mm -hmm. And so my comment was really related as further design occurs on the interior of the units to see if there's opportunities for permeability to exist. Um, so everything just doesn't feel like it's funneled into one location for. Thank you, Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. And how about the glass mullion? Would you like to incorporate that as? Are they just comments that so that the applicant can continue to work with staff? To yeah, in, in that I'd like, uh, I'd like the applicant to work with staff um, on refining the, the articulation of the horizontal mullions. And along that note, and um, getting back to board member Ariza's comment about Clement Street, um, I understand your concern about being flat, but because there's a good portion, am I hearing any feedback? There is a little whirring sound that I am hearing. Okay. All right, let's continue. Let's just plow through. It sounds um, like the HVAC system. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, because there's a portion that's a significantly set back than others, then um, I can, I think the artic there's enough articulation on the Clement Street. My concern on the Clement Street facade, it is a southwest facing facade. I would like to see more sun shades incorporated for, for passive shading. Again, this is something that the applicant can work with staff and doesn't need to come back. Um, and then, um, Bormimba Sahaba, what about your comments regarding, um, well, so before I go there, Bormimba Ariza, does that satisfy your comment? Yes, yes, I think adding sunshades would definitely help that kind of variation of the top floor, particularly. Okay, thank you. Um, and then, um, board member, so how about, how about the, your comments regarding arrival sequence? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to just suggest mainly for the main entry that um, the applicant work with staff to, to make okay. sure that there's clear wayfinding. And I do maybe like a like a canopy sort of what we talked about. Could be a canopy or other other devices. Yeah, it's kind of hard to read in in these renderings, but it doesn't seem like um, there's anything specific there right now. Okay, and then I do want to ask um, the applicant to add two more trees on, in the parking lot because looking back at the trees, um, unless there's not no space for it just to provide more shading in the parking lot. If feasible. Does, it, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Just mainly in the main area because it looks like there's not enough coverage for the blacktop. Um, so with that said, do we have a, mo yes, board member, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Tai. President Rees, members of the board, um, I, I just wanted to clarify some of the conditions and maybe also um, invite the applicant to see if they're able to address some of the comments, specifically with um, the suggestion about a maybe a glass gate. I understand for other projects, even Del Monte, there, there's been issues, and, and the in Launch, most recently, there's been security issues. Mm -hmm. 
and somebody I heard, tried to start a fire in the in in the um, public access. So just inviting the applicant to speak to that and and maybe narrow down how much room we have to work on getting more transparency. Yes. Good evening, Sean Murphy. So happy to hear all of the great feedback uh, this evening, and most specifically understanding. Uh, the, the height and transparency. We, as the applicant, would be absolutely willing to, to work with staff, lower the height of that fence, increase its transparency, uh, and make it consistent with the, the rest of the architectural kind of ornamentation, so there's continuity across that elevation. But I think, again, this rendering um, is, is a bit misleading. It's, the, the fence is too tall. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I think, again, that view corridor is very important for uh, for us, uh, and f especially for the pedestrian experience along Clement, so uh, we will absolutely lower that and, and work with staff to make it as transparent as possible. Thank you. Board Member Sahaba? Yeah, I just wanted to add a recommendation on, on top of that. I think uh, one thing to also test is the idea of pushing the fence back uh, uh, at least maybe five or six feet, I don't know, some, some, some amount. And that will, because right now the way it looks like it's it's pushed so far forward that it's creating another sense of barrier. So as you push it a little further back, I think the reading of the architecture turning in will will actually help on, on both sides, both the Marina side and, and the Clement Street side. Yep, makes good sense to us. Board Member T. Uh, so Board Member Sahaba, on the entry to the building, if you look at page this one, except in a way that you can actually see, um, the upper roof is actually indented above the lobby. There's a, a extra, there is actually a visual clue. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be stronger to have that uh, south wall of that unit on the second floor, a uh, different color that really brings out that contrast. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I, I see it. Maybe the ceiling over that. Well, it is inset. Is there different. is a, actually yeah, it's, it's, the, it's a two-story ceiling on the outside. It's two-story overhang. Yeah, but but maybe the color of the ceiling could change. So something, something could change. But <laughs> I would I would definitely support them working with staff on that. In terms of the transparency, I I would go with either bring it back entirely for the transparency only or set it at 75% and if they have to do something lower, come back. Um, uh, you know, they worked with staff, they came up with 65. It doesn't sound like my fellow board members are, are agreeable to that. So I would want to just set it to something or leave that unapproved to come back. Oh, I have a uh, question. Okay. Is the 70, um, is the 65% for the gate the barrier itself or for the entire opening? Uh, the intent was the gate itself. The gate itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Based on the manufacturer specs for the gate. Yeah. Madam President. Uh, board Member Curtis. You know, it, it, you, got a, you got a lot of things, a lot of moving parts on this, on this project. And, and I, I, don't have the architectural skills that all of you have, but I've developed a lot of projects, including Harbor Bay. And I got to tell you that if 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 developers work with staff at beginning at 75, 
looking at the cost of materials and looking at everything that has to be done and decided on, on, on 65 based upon the availability of materials and cost, um, I think that, that if we insist on 75 after going through those avenues, then we're putting an additional burden on them that will ultimately affect the end user. Because, you know, we're in, a, we're in a market where everything still is going up at a rate of inflation. It, it, it seems to me that, that time is the enemy and changes that, that have already been explored are just as big an enemy. And, you know, the, the suggestions that have come out in terms of what, what some of the, the attributes of making the building look better have been good. But I think that, that at some point, um, I don't think that we want to bring this thing back if we don't have to, and let's get it on the road and get it built. Yeah. Thank you. I want to clarify, when I'm talking about bringing back, I'm only talking about the gate and only the gate approving everything else. So I'm not talking about them having to stop or do anything to fix this, but to figure out that particular very critical view corridor and uh, you know when the renderings up there does not look like 65 percent uh, it's i would like to know and see the options if they really can't do it um because i would i that view corridor is really important for the pedestrians walking by because it's a very large space along clement and having that view as they walk by is critical. And I, and I appreciate your saying you'd work with us on doing that, improving it, and I'm really happy to hear that. And is, from a developer's point of view, is 75 just not doable? I mean, if we said 70, or dramatically improve what it is from what's in the plan? Because you know, if we go with 65%, you could say, well, that's what we approved. I think from our point of view, we are happy to work with staff at a percentage. If it's 70%, uh, board member Teague, happy to do that. We, we will work through this. Some of the comments that we got, which are very clear, will really help this view corridor, lowering that fence, taking this entire opening that is 18 feet tall and only having it five feet tall, uh, that will really, uh, you know, accentuate the, the view corridor here. So happy to work with staff uh, so that we can make sure that we get it right. Yeah. So board member Teague, I'm with um, board member Curtis and as a practitioner, I can see that because we are trying to, I believe the applicant is trying to keep it with the pre-manufactured product that's available in the market rather than the custom product. So by the time you factor into the opening and the structure support that's needed, it can easily bump past the percentage that we're seeking. So I am on the camp of pushing the gate back, lower it to six feet, um, because I don't think, or are you talking about 60 inches or 60? 60 inches. 60 yeah, inches. Five feet, yeah. six, five feet, lower it to five feet, push the gate back, and keeping it at 65% opening because I think that is gonna give you still the perception. As you walk by, this is for pedestrians, so you're not gonna be running through. The, the cadence of movement is slower than, let's say you're driving in, in a car where 
you know, there's moments for meandering. So I think 65 will still provide enough visibility through that corridor to let the residents know the waterfront and experience the water edge. So that, again, I, that's just my personal. I, I, I would like them to work with staff to improve it as much as feasible. And, and you know, ideally exceeding 65%. So you're, what I'm hearing you is you're not going to add it in as a condition. No, I am adding no, the condition, of, which is exceeding, working with staff, exceeding 65% as much as feasible, okay. taking whatever actions are appropriate. I don't want to say five feet or four feet or three feet or whatever, or setting it back. I want them to work with staff on that mm -hmm. because it's whatever works for what they're doing. President Ruiz, I might add that um, just give at least given my research with the pre-manufactured the gates, I think if we go with a requirement above 65, we'll probably be expecting a uh, transparent glass gate. And I want to ask if the developers are all right going with a glass gate. We might as well just require a transparent glass gate with that meets bird safe standards, and then. That meets transparency because I think we are going to be heading down that conversation. Again, we are happy to work with staff uh, to get a really open visual corridor here. You guys know how important that is for our project. Uh, this is no exception. So, you know, uh, yes, it is a secure uh, environment and fritted glass. There's any number of options, as you know, Alan, that we talked about. Um, so happy to to ex exceed, figure out a way to exceed a 65% requirement uh, for this visual corridor. Board Member Sahaba? Yeah, I just want a, clarif a clarification. We keep calling this a gate. It, is, it's a fence, correct? There will be, there will be openings through it. For instance, uh, through the, the pool, uh, residents will be able to pass through this Fence. Yes, you're right. I mean, it. it okay, so so someone from the inside can leave through this. That's correct. Okay, is that a? I'm just trying to create as much flexibility as possible. Is that a requirement? I, I think that we will. We would like to have that flexibility uh, as the project gets designed to make sure that egress load okay. through that corridor uh, okay. is made available. Okay. Um, so, but again, having that continuity and, and, and that visual, the, the opacity, the transparency is as much as possible to reduce the opacity. Okay, got it. Thanks. Well, uh, Vice President Hom. Yeah, um, you know, to me, the view quarter is critical. I don't necessarily think that it needs to come back. You know, I trust that the developer has been doing a lot of good gestures to make this an excellent project and heard our concerns. And I'm fine with uh, the condition as suggested by Board Member Teague to, to try to increase the transparency the best as possible, not dictating that it necessarily be, you know, custom railing or glass, but to see some honest effort to increase the transparency. I do like the suggestion of lowering the fence and also stepping it back. I think stepping back the fence you know, five, ten feet, or whatever it might be, does reduce the, you know, the, that fence, at least from Clement, you know, being imposing. So I would, I'm fine with keeping the condition kind of flexible and allowing 
the applicant to work with staff to come with a come up with a as tra transparent as a solution as possible. And if that means there's a solution that might mean glass, I don't think that's a design inconsistency. Like I said, somehow you're proposing glass on sheet L 1.2. So, you know. That that was during um, clarified oh, during was the. That? That's okay. my question and was clarified. Oh, that was, that that was superseded. Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about the garage door. It was that one. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you know, it doesn't have to be glass. <laughs> you know, I don't want to dictate any particular solution, so. Um, staff member Tai, do you have a draft of the condition? I can um, summarize the board discussion as best as I can. Um, so number one was to uh, basically work with staff on these following items. Number one, on the uh, gate in the view corridor to increase the transparency of that fence to uh, exceed 65% transparency um, and consider including stepping it back as well as limiting the height. Um, and I've, I've heard kind of mixed uh, comments about whether to limit the height at 60 inches or not, but do you want that in there? I, I don't think we should specify the numbers because it's based on code for what they need for the fence. Okay. So I wouldn't want to say something that was wrong later. Minim, minimum and code requirement. Minimum yes. code requirement. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then um, the next item was uh, the front door. Um, maybe uh, adding a des some design treatment, architectural treatment to uh, demarcate that that's the front entrance and it's up to the applicant and staff to work on that. Um, the uh, horizontal uh, window mullions, um, um, work with staff to look at adding more definition. Is that the right? Uh, no, I, I think work with, work with staff to see if there's a way to get a consistent, it's where it, only where it hops around in those areas where the horizontal okay. mullion is hopping around. Okay. So you want a consistent kind of line. Horizontal, yes. Right, okay. And then well, also for Sahaba, that wasn't a requirement, it was a if they can, is that correct? Uh, yeah, okay. work with staff to One see One of the what, items what, to work what, with staff during yes. building plan, plan review. Um, and then on Clement Avenue, um, adding sun shades above the windows. If possible. If possible as well as um, more trees in the parking lot off to the side. Because two, right now there's one um, in the two middle. Two more trees, okay. So then you can split it so it becomes two. Okay. Board member um, Cisneros. Yeah, thank you. Um, is it possible to also include um, the Bay Trail connection as requested by the um, bike walk Alameda? Um, you mean work with the city yeah. to open up the Bay Trail connection as soon as possible? Yeah. Um, I, I yes. So staff is already part of this project. doing that. It's it's not. We don't believe it should be tied to that B as a condition of approval because it is um, it is work that uh, relates to the the overall master plan open space. Okay. And it's something that we are doing already. It's actually something city would be pushing the developer to to do. So it's okay. already happening. Okay, and then quick clarification with the 65%. Um, is it exceeding 65% or 65% or above? Because it sounded like from the discussion that s there are products available at the 65% transparency level and anything above that um, maybe would acquire uh, 
some more creative ways to get to above 65%, because um, I just wanted to see if we could provide that level of flexibility. I think the safety concerns is um, a fair one to bring up, and to the extent whether we put glass or push a gate back or lower it, I think just the key, like Board Member Teague mentioned, is like the flexibility component. But again, it sounded like um, I wasn't clear if it was at 65% and above or 65% or or, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. above. Okay. We're arguing about 1%, you know. <laughs> the point was to, yeah. to attempt Mine's to exceed 65% working with staff. Yeah. And it's to try to exceed, not must exceed. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Board member Curtis. Okay, as a suggestion for the, not to beat the 65% <laughs> hell, when I went to school, 65% was failing, but you know, um, <laughs> Maybe, maybe the language should be for the developer to use its best efforts to work with staff to exceed 65%. How's that? Is that acceptable to everybody? And that's I think that's, a, that's, what's a, that's the preamble on all of the items that Mr. Tai had delineated. The preamble was for the developer to collaborate with staff. Best efforts, yeah. So. Good. Okay. Thank you. With that said, do we have a motion on the table? Motion? I, I motion to uh, approve the project based on the list of conditions that uh, staff member Tides has walked us through. Thank you. I, I have one other condition you need to make sure you keep in there is that the condition that is in the existing resolution that says this is voided if the city council does not approve that needs to stay okay uh, noted thank you we have a motion um, would you like to amend your motion or? yes uh, please amend it based on uh, board member teague's addition noted. do we have a second second all in favor aye, aye. aye. motion passes unanimously thank you Thank you, Planning Board. Um, I also just want to just uh, since there was a public speaker on the item of the connection, I just want to quickly talk about next steps. Um, really, it's it's a matter of uh, working with the Public Works Department and and the manager of the garage and understand how opening the connection would, you know, may or may not affect the um, fleet maintenance operations. But other than that, it's working with the developer on making those um, small improvements, removing the fence. So th those are going to be things that we'll work on right away. Thank you. Now let's move on to agenda item 5B, board elections. Uh, so board elections happen every year uh, around this time of the year in July. Um, this is really uh, a discussion for the board to have. Um, in the past, uh, Past precedent, past practice on this board has been to pass the role of the president to the vice president and then select a new president, but your bylaws do not necessarily require that. Um, and then also just once um, you have a new president elected or re-elected, um, it seems reasonable to, to have that start date be uh, September since August is uh, your recess. 
Um, but again, your bylaws do not stipulate when when that takes place. Do we have any new board? Do I, we have any board members that are up for term now, or are, is everybody good through next year? Good for through next year. Yeah, we yeah. just had awesome. recent reappointments. <laughs> so, um, with that said, thank you. It's been a pleasure serving you as your president, um, and I would like to nominate um, Vice President Hom as the um, president for next year. And I would also like to nominate um, board member Cisneros for the vice president position. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Motion passes unanimously. Congratulations. <laughs> so we'll set that up for the September meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now let's move on to staff communications. Do, um, Item 6A, does um, anyone need to call any projects for review? Okay. All right, moving on to item 6B, oral reports. Uh, yes, so um, at your next meeting, which is Monday the 24th, uh, we plan to bring back the objective design standards. Um, we've been working hard to on, on cleaning up some of the comments, uh, the, the standards per the comments that the board had provided. Um, we won't have a fully polished document with graphics yet, but the content should be ready for your review. So that's something we're gonna bring back. And then, um, like I said, August is a summer recess. Yeah. Question for uh, Mr. Tai. So would this be the combined document or is it still separate? We are trying to combine it. Great, and, thank you. And uh, working on it right now, yes. Mm -hmm. President Ruiz, so is that just gonna be a study session? No, we're uh, going to recommend the board adopted so that okay. it would be in place. Because it was table last time. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. thank it you. It was continued, not table continued last time. Um, and then so August is summer recess and then we'll resume in um, September. And I think September we have teed up uh, maybe just annual reports on development agreements. And that's all we have right now. Um, and, and with that, I have one more item for staff communications. I would like to introduce uh, Stephen Buckley, our newly hired planning services manager. Um, Steve, would you, you want to step up to the podium and do a quick introduction? We're really delighted to have uh, stolen Steve from the city of Berkeley, where he was the land use manager there. So he brings a lot to, and will add a lot of value to um, our department. So Steve, welcome. Thank you. It's a it's a pleasure to be here and um, join the the staff and uh, work with you and uh, others here at the city of Alameda. Um, I've been familiar with the city for a long time, and um, so I'm really pleased to be able to um, contribute to um, the planning and development here. Welcome. Looking Welcome. forward to working with you. Thank, Thank you. you. And that's all for staff communications. Thank you. Um, moving on to board communications, board member Teague. Um, I wanted to congratulate Alan on his new acting role. Um, and I would like to request, if possible, can we have a non-binding but thank you item at the next meeting for uh, Andrew? Uh, having worked with him for many, many years. We'd like to thank him for everything that he's done for this board. Uh, you have some big shoes to fill, Alan. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you. And 
Andrew is uh, planning his retirement at the end of the year, and so we were hoping that there be uh, some festivities later on. But yes, we could certainly um, schedule a, a session, a brief session before the planning board at the next meeting. I'll have to figure out when his availability is. Good suggestion, thank you. Thank you, good suggestions. Um, moving on to non-agenda public comments, do we have any speakers left? Currently, I do not see any hands raised. Thank you. With that said, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.